Welcome to the Faith Seeking Freedom Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. Your questions about faith and liberty deserve thoughtful answers, and we're dedicated to giving you solid responses so you can live free and flourish. In a libertarian community, who would care for orphans, homeless, and disabled people? Should they just hope for volunteer donations? This is a very common question. And, you know, my thoughts on it initially are that these kinds of things, you know, getting to a more libertarian society where things are 100% voluntary or 99% voluntary or whatever, the first thought I have is if really all you want your state to do is, and again, I'm just going to say this like I always say it, if all you want your, <laughs> if all you want from your government is to build the roads and take care of those who are destitute, I'm in. Because we're, we're, we're that, again, we're 99% there. But to answer the question more directly, if we got to that sort of 99% direction, right? These things don't happen in a vacuum. It's not like, oh, well, let's just stop supporting people who are orphans or stop helping the homeless and disabled or children or whatever it is like that. Like those things, again, we, we talk about incrementalism. I mean, my goodness, libertarians don't get what they want overnight ever, okay? So it's either an incremental approach or it feels like forever approach. So this isn't going to happen overnight. And eventually we will potentially get to a society where the homeless either don't exist because markets are just that darn good, okay? Or people who are disabled can get what they need because markets are so darn good and can provide. And we have a society and culture where people do voluntarily help, okay? And that orphans are taken care of as well. So I would say that because we look to this more holistically, that question almost can't entirely be answered. However, I will say this, sometimes people will ask questions, well, how would this take place if we didn't have the government making sure it took place? <laughs> we have to look at, well, did the government always do this? And how successful was the efforts prior to government intervention or whatever to actually take care of these things? And it is, I would say, mixed and in part, maybe just place of history. You know, 200 years ago, it was probably a whole lot harder for somebody who was disabled to get the help they need than if you were born in a culture today. Let's just assume for the moment, for the sake of the scenario, that today there's no government assistance for disabled people. I would rather be disabled in 2020 than in 1820. Make sense? So that's fair. I'm going to take a slightly different tack though, Doug. Go um, for it. Okay. I think that it is rather well established at this point. And the data is there. I think the, there's some great explanations of this data in humanprogress.org, I believe, as well as Mary Ruart's book, Healing Our World, mm. where it is demonstrated, and it's completely demonstrable now, that charity increases with prosperity. Strangely enough, and that it goes exactly against the narrative of ultimately, let's say, well, both left and right on some level. You know, the right is definitely, you know, just as complicit in this regard, but the left is sometimes the poster child for, well, if they're rich, they got it on the backs of the poor and uh, they're all evil people anyway. Right, and if they give, so it's just because they're guilty or something, they feel guilty. Yeah, or some, yeah, something like that. But this is not true. It is, in fact, much more established that with prosperity and economic growth, charity increases as well. And we are now living in an age where even the poorest among us are better off than in every century prior to now, including the 20th century. Hmm. Now, that being said, 
the government in its programs that try to help the orphans, the homeless, disabled people, et cetera, ultimately are counterproductive. That in fact, if they disappeared, if those programs just disappeared, and we've suddenly had in our possession the monies and whatnot that were being taxed and thieved away from us in order to do that, that it would actually be easier to accomplish these goals than otherwise. And that there would be opportunity for volunteerism to plug that gap and do it better because the administrative overhead would be less, the bureaucracy and the bureaucratic red tape would just go down in flames and it would be suddenly operable to do things that were not possible before. Already, we can see that the private means of doing these types of good works are more efficient and better than what the government does. Someday, Doug, we're going to have a person on that to really maybe get into this deeper. I know it's just the person to do it. That even welfareism, which is meant to help minorities in certain cases, uh, single mothers and whatnot, that this actually ends up propagating problems rather than solving them. Like, this is real. Like, the data's there. And the state is exacerbating problems that don't need to nearly exist in the way that they yeah. do now. You know, should they just hope for volunteer donations? No, they're already there. And it'll just get better without the government. This podcast was inspired by our popular book, Faith Seeking Freedom, which is available on Kindle, softcover, and audiobook at faithseekingfreedom.com. Want your questions answered on our podcast? Email us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so we can reach more Christians with the message of liberty.